Hi, I'm Riley Daniel, and welcome to The Next Generation Voter, the only podcast of the next gen, by the next gen, for the next gen. In tonight's episode, I will be looking at restrictions allegedly designed to prevent voter fraud, but have, that have actually been used to restrict people, disproportionately minorities, from voting. The right to vote is the ultimate fundamental right of a democracy. Without it, democracy will cease to function and we will crumble as a society. Up until the Civil War, the right to vote was a right reserved to the privileged class society, white men. After the Civil War was won by the Union, permanently abolishing the practice of slavery, black men sought the right to vote, a fundamental right of citizenship. The 15th Amendment to the Constitution stated, The rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude, establishing this right for all. In the subsequent century, African Americans in the North became active in the election process, while those who lived in the Jim Crow South were denied the right to vote in many cases. However, as part of the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s, the federal government passed the Voting Rights Act. This law gave them broad authority to enforce the 15th Amendment, when previously the Southern states had ignored the 15th Amendment. Another major restriction in the Voting Rights Act was a ban on literacy tests, a tool election officials in the South had used as a cover to prevent African Americans from voting. Additionally, the 24th Amendment to the Constitution outlawed the use of poll taxes, a final major tactic used by Southern states to keep the voting population nearly exclusively white. Up until the Civil War, the right to vote was a right reserved to the privileged class society, white men. After the Civil War was won by the Union, permanently abolishing the practice of slavery, black men sought the right to vote, a fundamental right of citizenship. The 15th Amendment to the Constitution stated, The rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude, establishing this right for all. In the subsequent century, African Americans in the North became active in the election process, while those who lived in the Jim Crow South were denied the right to vote in many cases. However, as part of the Civil Rights Movement of the 1960s, the federal government passed the Voting Rights Act. This law gave them broad authority to enforce the 15th Amendment, when previously the Southern states had ignored the 15th Amendment. Another major restriction in the Voting Rights Act was a ban on literacy tests, a tool election officials in the South had used as a cover to prevent African Americans from voting. Additionally, the 24th Amendment to the Constitution outlawed the use of poll taxes, a final major tactic used by Southern states to keep the voting population nearly exclusively white. Although the systemic institutional restrictions on voting rights associated with Jim Crow have gone, many voters have found problems in recent years accessing the polls. Many states have established voter ID laws in some form or another. Currently, 17 states have requirements that state that a registered voter must show a form of ID to vote. These laws are a problem for many people. I believe you should have to show an ID to register to vote, but once you are registered, you should be able to vote without a problem and without having to show some complicated form of ID. As a result of these voter ID laws, many people have had found themselves turned away from the ballot box on election days. These restrictions have become more numerous and prominent as a result of Shelby County versus Holder, a case that removed restrictions on voter requirements that had been established as part of the Voting Rights Act. Many states have used this Supreme Court decision as justification to increase their voting requirements instead of making this fundamental right easier to access for all.
specific states have been found to be particularly aggressive in their restrictions on voting. In Wisconsin, a consistent swing state, for example, a study by political science professors at the University of Wisconsin found that around 17,000 registered voters of just the two counties that they looked at did not vote as a direct result of the 2011 voter ID law. Of these people who were denied or deterred from voting in the state, there was a disproportionate harm toward those of low income and those who identified as African-American. In fact, African-Americans were more than three times as likely to report an impediment in their attempt to vote than white voters. Additionally, there was a rate of deterrence in voter registration of greater than 20% for those making $25,000 a year or less, while the rate for those who are making over $100,000 a year or, le- or more was around 2%. You should not be three times as likely to be frustrated in your attempt to vote based on your race. That's not democracy, just racism. We got rid of this with the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. We can't keep going back to this. We also aren't an oligarchy, which is why when I saw the statistics that show the correlation between ease of voter registration and economic status, I'm infuriated. What happened in Wisconsin is not okay. And this is especially important in a state that was decided by just over 20,000 votes in 2016. In fact, the Attorney General at the time, Republican Brad Schmeil, suggested that the law helped Donald Trump and Senator Ron Johnson win their elections, confirming the law's intent to prevent fair and honest elections and favor Republicans. Another state that has used slightly different but yet similarly ominous tactics in lowering voter turnout is the state of Texas. Texas has been subject to an influx of Latin American immigrants, which has moved the state from a conservative safe space closer to a swing state in recent years. Many of the immigrants have become naturalized citizens in recent years, contributing to the increase in voting population. However, this winter, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton made headlines for distributing a list of 95,000 potential non-citizen voters. However, it was quickly revealed that many of these people had become naturalized citizens in recent years, making the list factually incorrect. Many news outlets saw through the facade of trying to protect election integrity and saw the list as what it truly was an attempt to scare people of Latino descent into not voting. This is the same playbook seen in Wisconsin, but with slightly different plays this time. It's like, instead of a run, it's a play-action pass. I sincerely hope that these actions do not dissuade citizens from exercising their voting rights in Texas. And also, I really want this to not be a case like Wisconsin, where voter turnout goes down as a result of a law like this. The third and final state I'm looking at today is Florida. We're always talking about Florida. In Florida, in 2018, the voters spoke and approved Amendment 4, a ballot referendum to restore voting rights to convicted felons who had already served their sentences and been released. Prior to this initiative, the only way to get one's voting restored was through a clemency board run by the governor, a remnant of the Jim Crow era of racism. However, Republican Governor Rick Scott, who is now a senator, was very particular in who he restored voting rights to. In fact, He restored voting rights to twice as many Caucasians as he did African Americans, as well as favoring registered Republicans over Democrats. This practice was a clear violation of our ideals of democracy. As this man, he was abusing his power to get a specific electoral outcome. With their ballots, Florida voters rejected his practice and restored the voting rights of one and a half million felons. However, the Republican-controlled state Senate passed SB 7066, a bill that requires all felons to pay back all court costs before their electric franchises would be restored. However, many civil rights groups, including the ACLU, 
of Florida and the Southern Poverty Law Center have filed suit, as this law is, for all intents and purposes, a poll tax, which, as I referenced earlier, violates the 24th Amendment. Currently, this bill has been frozen by an injunction by a federal judge pending trial. It's currently unclear whether the judge will strike down this bill or not. For those who are able to pay their fines, so that would be people who have a little bit more money on their hands, um, this bill has been a major expansion of rights and has led to a spike in voter turnout in January, the first month this bill took effect. The effects of this decision are unknown because the population that Amendment 4 affected represents over 9% of voting age citizens in Florida. That's a lot. Florida is a state that's routinely decided by tenths of percentages. 9% is huge. Assuming that this bill is struck down like it should be by the courts, this amendment will represent a significant victory for voting rights, as the rights of over a million people, disproportionately African Americans, will be restored in a fundamental victory for democracy. You may be wondering how the information I've given you today affects you in your day-to-day life. Well, as people who either are eligible to vote, or who will soon be eligible to vote, it's important to register. Many states give you this option when you obtain your driver's license in a process that's as simple as checking a box.